Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillah ve salatu vesselam ala Resulillah ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ve men vala. Bismillah. Inşallah ta'ala we will get right into our study of the next interact of Quranic recitation according to Imam Al-Ghazali radiyallahu ta'ala anhum. وَنَفَعْنَا بِعْلُومِ فِي الدَّارَيْنِ Amin. So the seventh etiquette or interact of Quranic recitation is what he calls التخصيص. And you need a phrase to translate this. Takhsis is essentially applying the Quranic address to oneself. In other words, whenever you hear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala address someone, his creation in general, or certain groups within his creation specifically, still you apply it to your own self. You bring to heart as if you were the one being addressed. And this will come clear as we move through this. So he says about it, So this is when the one reciting the Quran brings to mind that he is the one intended by that particular address in the Quran. Khitab we translate as address, i.e. that particular verse that is, you bring to mind that it is speaking to you as an individual. So then he goes into more detail. So that if you hear a command or a prohibition, he brings to mind that he is the one being told not to do something, or he is the one being commanded to do something. When Simiya wa'dan wa wa'idan, if he hears a promise or a warning, likewise it's the same state. He brings to mind that he is the one being promised something if he does something. He is the one being warned from doing something. And this is very important. We should not think about other people in relation to this. Yes, that we need to have clarity and there are certain things that we see other people doing. So having intellectual clarity that people are doing right or people are doing wrong such that we want to avoid it, that's important. But with each verse, each address in the Quran, each command, each prohibition, each promise, each warning, we want to apply it to ourselves. So then he says, When If we hear about the stories that come in the Quran, about the people who came before us, or stories that relate to the prophets. He said, We know that the purpose of learning these stories is not just to have casual conversation. Samar literally is to talk at night. They're not meant to just be a part of casual conversation where we just speak about these stories in an abstract sense, distant from bringing them into our lives. This is not what is intended by them. The purpose of Allah Ta'ala giving us those stories is so that you and I can learn a lesson from them. And we learn from those manifold lessons, that which we are in need of. فَمَا مِنْ قِصَّةٍ فِي الْقُرْآنِ إِلَّا وَصِيَاقُهَا لِفَائِدَةٍ فِي حَقِّ النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ وَأُمَّتِهِ. There is no story in the Quran except 
that in Allah telling us that story, there is a benefit for the Prophet himself, وسلم, and by extension, his entire ummah. And he says, This is why Allah Ta'ala says, To make your heart firm. To make your heart firm. So we bring to heart, we bring to mind that Allah will make our heart strong and firm upon this deen when we hear these stories of those who came before us. We hear the stories of the Anbiya and the Prophets. And we hear how they how patient they were when they were being harmed, when they were being mistreated when they're being persecuted, how patient they were, how steadfast they were, how constant they were in their belief and in their worship. How firm they were in their religion. Waiting for the victory of Allah. Waiting for the victory of Allah. The victory of Allah will come, but it's not going to come when we want it to come. What we should be preoccupied with is Doing what we need to be doing so the victory of Allah will come. And in relation to us, we should be giving victory to Allah and His Messenger in our own lives, specifically in relation to the state of our hearts, and then outwardly in related to the various states that are happening around us. How we control ourselves in our interactions and the way that we uphold the rights that those that we are responsible for have over us. So then he goes on to say, وَكَيْفَ لَا يُقَدِّرْ هَذَا وَالْقُرْآنُ مَا أَنزَلَ أُنزِلَ عَلَى رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ مَا أُنزِلَ عَلَى رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ لِرَسُولِ اللَّهِ خَاصَ And so, that how could we not extend these meanings to our own selves when we know that the Qur'an was not only revealed to the Prophet ﷺ, for the Prophet ﷺ. Yes, him first and foremost, but by extension, his ummah, all of those who believe in him. But then, of course, all of humanity. So he says, بَلْ شِفَاءً وَهُدًا وَرَحْمَةً وَنُورًا لِلْعَالَمِينَ The Qur'an was revealed as a shifa, a healing. And as huda, guidance. As rahma, mercy. As nur and light, للعالمين. All the ones And If people do not see that Then we have to Get to the bottom of why they don't see that In Allah's book If people are not experiencing that When they interact with Muslims Then We have to see what has gone wrong If people's opinion of our deen Is anything other than that Then There's a mistake, something's wrong and that problem has to be fixed. When people read the Qur'an and they're exposed to the book of Allah Ta'ala, they're exposed to our deen, they're exposed to Muslims. This is what they should come to. They should see in the presence of Muslims, shifa, healing, hudan, guidance. With Muslims there should be rahmah, mercy, and nur, light. And if there's not, there's something wrong with that individual. And the way they are in relation to the revelation and putting it into practice. وَلِذَلِكَ أَمَرَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى الْكَافَةَ بِشُكْرِ 
This is why Allah Ta'ala has commanded everyone to show gratitude for the blessing of the book. And he quotes a number of different verses here. فَقَالَ تَعَالَى Allah says, وَذْكُرُوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهَ عَلَيْكُمْ Proclaim, mention the blessing of Allah upon you. وَمَا أَنزَلَ عَلَيْكُمْ مِنَ الْكِتَابِ الْحَكْمَةِ And what He has revealed to you from the book and the wisdom. And Allah Ta'ala says, لَقَدْ أَنزَلَ إِلَيْكُمْ كِتَابًا فِيهِ ذَكْرُكُمْ Allah has sent down a book to you. فِيهِ ذِكْرُكُمْ And you could translate that to remind you, just as you could translate it, in it is your glory, your mentioning. And Allah Ta'ala says, وَأَنزَلْنَا إِلَيْكَ ذِكْرَ لِتُبَيِّنَ لِلنَّاسِ مَا نُزِّلَ إِلَيْهِمْ We have sent down the dhikr, the reminder, in order that you may clarify to people what has been revealed to them. نُزِّلَ إِلَيْهِمْ this is for the Prophet and by extension his ummah and for all people. This is how Allah shows people, people their true state of faith. Follow that which has been revealed to you from your Lord. This Quran is a means for insight for people. And a source of guidance and mercy for those who have certainty. This is a clarification for people and guidance and an admonition for the people of taqwa, the pious. So this indicates to us that the Quran was sent as a mercy, as a source of healing to all people. And he went into that detail so that you and I can then be able to intellectually understand how it is that we can relate every command and prohibition and every giving of glad tidings and warning to our own selves. And if all people through the Quranic discourse, through the Quranic address was intended... Then indeed, individuals will also be intended. If it's intending everyone, then obviously it's addressing the individual as well. The one reciting is one of those intended. So why is this person so concerned about all other people? We should bring to heart that we are the ones Intended. And so you have a uh, all people, ya you and nas, O people. Sometimes the Quran addresses people very generally. Ya ahlil kitab, O people of the book. And then ya you aladina amanu, O you who believe. There are different specific addresses in the Quran. But even when ahl kitab is being addressed, even when all other people are being addressed, Still for believers, we should see ourselves being addressed. That ummah, those people are gone. They will have what they earned and you will have what you earned. And we need to take lessons from the stories of the past. And we learn about 
different responses that people have to different circumstances that they are in. And some of them were pleasing to Allah and some of them were displeasing. We need to learn these stories. We need to learn and listen to those addresses very carefully to see if something is being called out in a particular individual or a particular people or a particular adherent to a particular religion of those who came before us. What was that tendency that is being called out? And is there a parallel, is there a corollary for that in relation to our own practice of our own deen? That's really what is meant by this. The point is not to just lambast the people who came before us. Judgment belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We believe in things as are supposed to be believed in. But most importantly, when we read the people who came before us and the stories of those who Allah ta'ala destroyed or the stories of those that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rebukes so that you and I don't fall into the same thing. And so regardless of the address, you and I apply it to our own selves. We are the one intended by that. I.e., Allah is addressing us as individuals. And think about when we read Allah Ta'ala's book, if we read with that level of awareness and understanding. We've already talked about before, realization of the greatness of divine speech, exalting the one speaking, maintaining presence of heart, contemplating those meanings, striving to understand them, avoiding all of the preventatives of understanding. And then Allah speaking to you. Speaking to you. Think about how that would strengthen our relationship in the Qur'an if we could implement this in our act. Allah is speaking to you. He's speaking to me. And in the end, yes, it is sometimes necessary to speak out against wrong that other people are doing in society. But most importantly, we should be worried about our own selves. Where are we with our Lord? Where are we with implementing the message of the Qur'an? And we start by recognizing that the Qur'an is a reminder, it is guidance, it is mercy, it is healing. So let's open up our minds and listen to it and learn how that is. And so our minds and our hearts. So that we know that Allah, we start by knowing that Allah is addressing us individually. It's for you and I to draw near to Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there might be certain things we don't understand in the Qur'an. There might be certain things by virtue of the way that we live in the modern world that, hmm, you might have a question regarding, ask a qualified scholar. And alhamdulillah, increasingly there's more and more people that can give good answers to questions that people might have. You're going to, this is going to be the case. We live 1,400 plus years after the Prophet Muhammad Many of us, especially of those living in Western countries, are trapped in a modern lens and it's hard to see outside of it, it requires an extreme amount of religious maturity and intellectual maturity and a, that will enable us to do that. Ask questions, but recognize Allah is addressing you as an individual and make an intention to put every verse of the Quran into practice in a way that is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So then he quotes a verse, قَالَ تَعَالَ وَأُوحَ إِلَيَّ هَذَا الْقُرْآنُ لِيُنذِرُكُمْ بِهِ وَمَنْ بَلَغُ And this Qur'an has been revealed to you, so that with it, I may warn you and whoever it, re- whoever it reaches. وَمَنْ بَلَغُ And whoever it reaches. قَالَ مُحَمَّدُ بِنْ كَعَبْ الْقُرَذِي 
من بلغه القرآن فكأنما كلمه الله عز وجل. Whoever the Quran has reached, it is as if that Allah has spoken to him. And Imam Al-Tabari mentions this statement in his tafsir. And when we hear the words of Allah, it's as if Allah has spoken to us. So what do we do with the Quranic message then? And look how important this inner etiquette is. And he's going to go a little bit further now. So if we bring this to heart and mind, i.e. that Allah is addressing us, speaking to us, He won't simply just read about the Qur'an or study the Qur'an for the sake of studying the Qur'an. There are people that study the Qur'an for the sake of studying the Qur'an. There are people that have academic careers off of studying the Qur'an. They might not even be Muslim. And there are Muslims who study the Qur'an for various reasons, but they oftentimes might be those who just study the Qur'an, but they don't read the Qur'an and recite the Qur'an with the intention of putting into practice and being the way that Allah Ta'ala wants us to be. And this is really what he's saying here. We shouldn't just study the Qur'an and that's it. And that make this the only thing that is that we do. Yes, learn the Qur'an, learn the sciences of the Qur'an, learn the words of Arabic that are in the Qur'an. بَلْ يَقَرُوا كَمَا يَقَرُوا الْعَبْدِ كِتَابْ مَوْلَاهُ أَلَّذِي كَتَبُوا إِلَيْهِ لِيَتَأْمَرُهُ وَيَعْمَرُ بِمُقْتَضَاهُ Read it. The way that a servant should read the book of his Lord, of his Master, who wrote this book for him so that he can reflect deeply upon it and act according to it. This is how the Sahaba were. They read the Quran at night to implement it by day. They read the Quran at night to remind themselves of how it is that they should be before their Lord. And the of all, of course, our Prophet Muhammad first and foremost, he implemented the Quranic message in a way that no one after him ever would, He was a walking Quran, sallallahu alayhi wa What an amazing description that Sayyidah Aisha gave us about our Prophet He was a walking Quran. And that's why his seerah, his life, is a tafsir of the Qur'an. I.e. how it is that you and I can put the Qur'an into practice. It's embodied in the way of our Prophet And what a blessing to have the Qur'an and to have him, and to have his hadith, and to have his seerah, his, his statement, وسلم, and to have his life, so that we can find guidance in it and bring it into our own lives. And he says, This is why some of the scholars said, This Quran or Rasail, in here it's like a, a message that has come to us from our Lord that has it in his Uhud covenants. That we should be reflecting upon in prayers. And we think deeply upon them. In states of isolation, alone, with no one else around. And that we implement them in acts of obedience through sunnahs that we learn from our Prophet Muhammad. 
and someone who recites the Qur'an in the way that Imam Ghazali is describing, his relationship with the Qur'an will be intimate. We, his relationship with the Qur'an will be one based upon love and longing and based upon true belief where we hasten to do what our Lord tells us to do, to avoid what our Lord has avoided us to avoid, to be where our Lord has told us to be, to never be where our Lord has told us not to be. This is the way of the servant. And then he says, The great early scholar and that ascetic and pious man of Islam, Malik ibn Dinar, he used to say, What has the Qur'an cultivated in your hearts, O people of the Qur'an? The Qur'an is the spring of the believer. Just as rain is the spring of earth. Rain comes down and what happens? Foliage comes out. Grass and all types of herbage and greenery grow. Plants grow. Trees grow. Trees blossom. Bushes blossom. All kinds of things happen. And he says this is the way that we should be with the Qur'an. When we recite it, it cultivates in our hearts the highest of means, the highest of stations, the highest of virtues that are pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَقَالَ كَتَادَ لَمْ يُجَادِسْ أَحَدٌ هَذَا الْقُرَانِ إِلَّا قَامَ بِزِيَادُ نُقْسَانِ One of the early great commentators on the Qur'an, Qatada, radiallahu anhu, he said, no one will spend time with the Qur'an, literally sit with the Qur'an. Except that when he stands, he will leave with either ziyara or nuqsan, increase or decrease. Allah Ta'ala, and he quotes a verse, huwa shifa'un wa rahmatun lilmu'mineen. It is a healing and a mercy for the believers. وَلَا يَزِيدَ الظَّالِمِينَ إِلَّا خَسَارًا And it will only increase the wrongdoers and loss. May we be from those who the Qur'an heals. And is a mean, it's a source of mercy for them. May we be from those who, inshallah ta'ala, make our, that life, sp- spend our life learning his book, reciting his book, devoting ourselves to its recitation, devoting ourselves to putting it into practice. And may we be from those who, whenever we read Allah Ta'ala's book, we bring to heart and we bring to mind that we are the ones being addressed by that particular verse that particular commandment, that particular prohibition, that particular promise, that particular warning, so that inshallah ta'ala we can put Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's book into practice in a way that is pleasing to him. May Allah ta'ala give us tawfiq, bless us in all of our different affairs, and to prepare us for the last 10 nights of this blessed month, Ya Rahman Rahmin. Allah, we ask you to assist us, Ya Allah, as you've already assisted us, Ya Allah, in fasting and in prayer. Allah assist us, we ask you, Ya Allah, to assist us in tadabbar of the Qur'an, to reflect deeply upon your book, Ya Allah, in a way that is pleasing to you, Ya Arhamur Rahmin, Ya Arhamur Rahmin. And may we all be impacted by the Qur'an in the very best, in the very loftiest, and highest of ways. Bi khayna wa al-fa'afiyah. Wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.